This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis of the Horn. Hour two here on the Sports Complex. It's a short one. Got MLB Rangers and Astros coming up. Pre-game at 6.30 right here on the Horn, taking over our airwaves. Uh, Nathan Nivaldi is making his comeback for the Rangers tonight. Uh, he will be on the mound, activated from the uh, injured list. He's back to play for the Rangers tonight. Could be a good sign for the Astros. They want to get into the Rangers' bullpen. Nivaldi coming back off of injury will probably not pitch a ton of pitches. So if you can get to him a little bit, make him work a little bit, maybe you can get into this bullpen and get some runs for the Astros. From Valdez going for the Astros. He has been either amazing or terrible. There's really been no middle ground for Frommer Valdez. That is coming up tonight. The game is around 7 o'clock. Pre-game at 6.30 right here on the Horn. Uh, and it is crazy uh, what is happening uh, in the AL right now. That that wild card picture. That how close the Mariners, Rangers, and Astros are. But then the wild card, you have to knock... One of those guys may not make the playoffs. Right now, they're all three in. If the Rangers are to lose tonight and the uh, Toronto Blue Jays win, Toronto Blue Jays climb into that wild card, and the Rangers are not in the playoffs as of today. Now, that all changes, but you got to remember, the Rangers have a hard schedule going the rest of this season. They play the Mariners, who are leading the division seven times in the last ten games. The Mariners played the last 10 games, uh, seven against the Rangers, three against the Astros. So much can change. Someone could run away with this division at the end of the season. Uh, but we will see what happens. That is just, it's crazy to watch what's happening in the AOS in the whole American League right now with the Blue Jays also in that run. Uh, the Red Sox losing those games, the Astros kind of pushed them back a little bit. So they're not right in it. Uh, Specs text line is over. The text line's open 512 337 3776. 512 337 3776 is the text line. We are asking you who you thought the MVP was on Saturday. We've got some different answers. A lot of love for Burt Auburn. A lot of love for Burt Auburn. He did have a good game. They did send him out for that super long field goal just to see if they could hit it, see if he had the leg. It would scare Nick Saban if he could hit it. Uh, he just didn't have enough, but it was a good It was a good kick. Look there. Uh, we get uh, – there was definitely two penalties that weren't called as well. We're talking about Quinn Ewers and that deep ball – and the debate now if Quinn Ewers can throw a deep ball and Quinn Ewers, what if he does? And, and honestly, there was two camps coming out of this game. We saw somebody who said Quinn Ewers was the offensive MVP. There's people who thought Quinn Ewers had a really good game, and there's people that thought Quinn Ewers had a terrible game. Uh, I think the truth is somewhere in between. Uh, you know, he And people want to love that Mike Murphy came in and looked. Mike Murphy didn't look that much better. Than, like He didn't really look any better than Quinn Ewers. He looks bigger. He definitely looks bigger. But I don't think he looked... Like a, a standout, oh, my God, this is the guy. Got yeah, definitely. There was some penalties, too. There is something to be said for under-throwing a deep ball when you have good wide receivers that, you know, 
Uh, against and it won't happen against better teams, but especially against a, bad, a team like Rice, there should have been some pass interferences where guys ran through players and it just wasn't called. Uh, those kind of things you hope would happen during the season, but you're the Big 12 this year. We know that the Big 12, Texas, may not be getting the calls. So you can't rely too heavily on that one. Uh, we got a text. Ewers is a good backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. If whoever said that, Ewers is a good backup. Are you also a, a Cowboys fan? Do you hate Dak Prescott? Do you hate every quarterback except for like four? Who's your Who's your best quarterback right now that you wish you had at Texas? That I'm just curious because I yours is not a bad quarterback. He's put into situations where he's you know that O line did not play well at all, and then you throw in the fact that Sark maybe asked him to do things that are not his expertise. He needs to be better next week, though. We all know that. And of course, Bruce sending in classic asteroids. Yes. You know, Houston loves me, and I love Houston, and they can't keep me from uh, from supporting my Astros, for rooting for my Asteroids. It's a solid That's a solid one, the Asteroids. Charlie Ray, we're going to be on TV. That's a great – it's just a great clip. It's just a really fun way for a guy to screw up a game. <laughs> you, for, if you're going to do that, if you're going to screw up the game, don't, don't try and be funny. Don't do it and then try and get on TikTok or whatever. I don't want to see that. But if you are just genuinely an insane person, go ahead. If you're that person, go ahead. Uh, a couple notes from around college football. If you got any takes from college football, any of these teams, any upsets, anything that you thought was big, hit us up on the text line, 512-337-3776. I'll try and get to them before we have to get out of here uh, at 630. Uh, of course, the biggest news, well, AP poll came out. Let's just hit the AP poll quickly. Uh, Duke and Colorado get into the AP poll after their big upsets. Uh, FSU has moved all the way up to number four after taking out LSU. Texas does not move up in the AP poll. Still a number 11, does not become a top 10 matchup against Alabama. I, I, that's not a problem. Uh, you know, that's all for hype and, and whatever you want to put in the TV packages. It, I don't think it needs it. I don't think that matchup needs to be a top 10 matchup for everybody to know how important it is for, for both teams. For Alabama, this is can do you have a quarterback in an offense? That can step out of what how you know poorly you played last year, how you're going to be able to play this year. That's it's a huge matchup, no matter what. You don't need the top ten ranking. I know TV would have liked to have it, but uh, Texas stays at number eleven. LSU drops to fifteen. Clemson in the AP poll still in, still in. Colorado versus TCU, of course, is a big story though. It was a great way to kick off college football. On a Saturday morning, tuning into that game, seeing Colorado come out strong. Shador Sanders, man. I To watch a quarterback who's put into such a big position and put into a situation where all eyes are on him in the college football world, everybody's watching what Shador Sanders is going to do, and so many people are rooting for him to fail. Now, a lot of people are rooting for him to win, too, but a lot of people are rooting for him to fail because of his dad, because of the entire situation. People don't like the transfer portal. For him to come out and play just a extremely consistent, solid game. What a game for Shadur Sanders to play. And puts himself immediately in a discussion of a quarterback that you now have to plan for Shadur Sanders and what his skill set is because they basically said he's going to try and showboat us and they're going to try and do something big. And he just took what was given to him all game long. A thing that we've asked Quinn Ewers to do and Sark to do is take what's given to you. And if they throw the top... Just take what's given to you. That's what Colorado did, and it worked all game long. Travis Hunter has one of the best college football games on both sides of the ball that you've ever seen. And for TCU, 
you need to hit the reset button in Chandler Morris's brain. Say, forget about that game. You know, we put you out there in the hype, and we we unveiled the you know that the we put up the we we're in the college football playoffs last year. We did all that and all the hype and everything. Let's forget about it. Reset. You're not as bad as you played in that game, but he did not look really good in that game, and a lot of worry if you're at TCU to turn this around and get back into it and not let that be a season killing loss. It's only week one. You got plenty of time to go, but uh, you got to make sure that that is not a. Uh, Something that sticks with you week after week after week. Colorado, uh, North Carolina, and South Carolina have a game. Uh, I the sh- most shocking part about uh, UNC and North Carolina being able to handle South Carolina, and it was a, a pretty close game uh, for most of the game, and then North or for the first half at least, and then North Carolina starts to pull away, wins thirty-one seventeen in this game. And the amazing part is, before this game, we know South Carolina had some real turnover problems last season. And Spencer Rattler has had some real turnover problems. And North Carolina's had a little bit, but not a bunch. And so you say if North Carolina wins a turnover battle, they win this game. They're the better team. They can win this game if they win the turnover battle. But, you know, you need a turnover South Carolina because one of their major flaws is what you can do and take advantage of. They they didn't turn South Carolina over once. They turned it over twice. Drake May, the Heisman candidate, throws two interceptions in that game. But they're able to stop South Carolina – the defense is able to play at a high enough level. North Carolina puts up 31, which is it should get win you games versus a quality football team. And Mac Brown becomes the first f- football coach to win, uh, have 100 wins at two uh, FBF schools. Uh, great, con- uh, great achievement there for Mac Brown. We see LSU and Florida State on Saturday nights. Uh, really, a Jordan Travis coming out party for Florida State. It, this seemed like another one of the games, and there was a bunch of these games this weekend where. It felt like one team wasn't prepared for the shot the other team was going to take at them. And I don't know how LSU and Brian Kelly are not ready for what's coming at them out of FSU. I don't know if they thought, if they just really underestimated FSU that much, if they went so far into And Sark talks about this. We'll play some clips from it uh, tomorrow. But Sark talks about it. you got to work on what you're doing versus the game planning against the other team. And while that's a great theory, and while it's, you need to do it for a part of it, until you're Georgia, until you're in the very front of the line, you always need to know, hey, man, we really need a game plan hard against this other team because there's going to be weaknesses. And if we can attack their weaknesses, we can't just say strength versus strength. We can beat every team in the country. I wish I wish everybody had that type of, uh, you know, that confidence. I wish everybody was able to, you know, feel that they have the confidence in themselves and then deliver that, you know, you put me one-on-one against anybody and I'll win. It's just not the case. And there's a reason why you haven't been winning all those games. There's a reason you haven't been the, the number one team in the country. And it felt like LSU walked into that game saying, if we do what we do, we'll win. And FSU came in and said, that's how we can beat Florida State or how we can beat LSU. And Florida State came in with the right game plan. And LSU just tried to do what they did. And everything was blocked at every pass. Sark has that problem at times where he will get into his own head and say, if I just if I call the perfect offensive game plan, it doesn't matter what they do. And then they stop it, and he has no retort because he didn't game plan the team enough. He game planned his own game. There's part of it that works and part of it that doesn't. And then last night we had Clemson versus Duke. And between Clemson and Duke and Colorado and TCU, we saw – the best case, the best uh, case for the transfer portal, 
and why as much as there's so many problems in the transfer portal today if of people transferring and not having a place to go and there's a bunch of problems that need to be fixed this is not a problem that is about to go away it's about a problem to be that's about to be magnified because Colorado getting a win and what Colorado is going to be able to do this season is going to make more and more coaches that come in want to really revamp and not do the wait and say, I can get my players in and they're my team and I don't have to wait two to three seasons. You don't have to do this, the slow build like Sark did at Texas to get to year three and then feel like you have your team. You don't have to do that. You can do the Deion Sanders overnight technique. And I heard him in pregame that he said, uh, we only told 20 players. We told 10 to 20 players that they needed to go and the rest left is what he said. So it's, you can't blame me for all of them. And you can go, yeah, kind of, but we can't. That is the way to go. When you see Dabo Sweeney, who hates the NIL and who hates the transfer portal and wants things to go back the way they were, take the words of Steve Sarkeesian, adapt or die. And Dabo Sweeney saw when the game came down to crucial plays, to first and goal at the one-yard line, and he's not able to score multiple times. He saw you need exceptional players at that time. I don't want to put this all in Cade Klubnik, but I don't think he had the help. I don't think he is quite where he needs to be. And you're going to need to get some other guys in this team. It, it, I don't think Clemson is going to be as bad as they looked in that game. They were just overmatched in preparation. Again, this was a we do what we do. We're Clemson football. The, the post game when, when Dabo Sweeney came out and said, I don't know how many times that in Clemson history, in Clemson history, we, if we get 200 passing yards and 200 rushing yards, we win games. And that's the kind of crap that Tom Herman was saying at the end that, like, and I don't have any problem with Tom Herman, but that crap where you come out and you lose a game and you say, well, we should have won. The stats said we should have won. And, uh, you know, if you play this again, we would have won. That, that's, it sucks. That's a terrible way to coach. And, you, and I know that he's a, he's a great coach and he'll figure it out. But if that's your attitude, well, we should have, but we didn't get the big plays. That's because you're not doing your job. That's because you're not adapting and getting star players who can pick up that extra two yards when you need them. It's because you are not going out and being somebody and getting the special players. You're getting enough players that are good, but you're not getting the best because you don't want to play in the NIL game, because you don't want to be in the transfer portal. And you want to take a grandiose stance, and you want to be uh, you know, a, a moral high ground. That's what the Texans try to do, and how are they doing? People are saying they're already going to tank again. They don't even have their first pick. It doesn't work. The moral high ground doesn't work in business. And that's what college football is now, as much as you don't want it to be. Deion Sanders understands it. Dabo Sweeney doesn't. And we saw the results of it on Saturday. So everybody else better get on board. And you should be happy that there's a coach at Texas who's very much on board with it in Steve Sarkeesian. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But I'll tell you this, I did go out on Saturday and I did have some friends over to watch the game, uh, you know, small, had a small group of people to watch the game, and I was happy. The compliments I got 
for my new shirt from 40 Acres Apparel. And hey, Longhorn fans, I want to tell you again about some of the best Longhorn apparel you can find. You can find it at the University of Texas Co-op. I wear my shirt. Uh, It's an awesome polo shirt. It's got the Longhorns on it. It looks good. It felt good. I wasn't sweating. I felt good during the game. The 40 Acres Collection offers exclusive and custom-designed apparel for the whole family. Limited edition, on-trend, fashion performance, luxury apparel, wicking SPF 50, easy care, and it's gear that gives back. 40 Acres has made a financial commitment to the University Co-op Course Materials Scholarship, giving free course materials to Longhorn students. Every penny of profit from the co-op goes directly to Course Materials Scholarships, and the co-op thanks 40 Acres for expanding scholarships this academic year. So if you want to look like how I did and get compliments on your outfit, you want to feel good, you want to root on the Longhorns, and I'm telling you, we want to know, want to know when I'm wearing it, so we're doing good. Come on by the University of Texas Co-op. Get geared up with the new 2024 collection of 40 Acres Apparel. Get suited up like I was suited up this Saturday. Felt good, looked good. It's the way you need to be at 40 Acres Apparel. Hook them. Let's get to some NFL news before we got to get out of here. Uh, you can join the conversation in the last few minutes before we get out of here. 512-337-3776 if you have anything to add. Uh, we do want to get to a little bit of news. Uh, the Texans and Cowboys have both released their depth charts. Uh, nothing too surprising on the Cowboys end. We did see Rico Donald is listed as the second string quarter, uh, running back. Uh, Deuce Vaughn is three and Luepke is at four. Not hugely surprising there. You could have seen Deuce Vaughn step up in that two slot, uh, but it would make more sense to have Donald in that two spot. So nothing too surprising. We knew Ferguson was going to get the start at tight end. Uh, you know, they... It, the linebackers, there's only two linebacker spots uh, listed, three safety spots. We're going to see a lot more of that with all the uh, attrition at the linebacker spot for the Cowboys. Uh, the Texans, the only thing major is you see Josh Jones starting at left guard. We know that Kenyon Green was put on the injured list. Season is over for Kenyon Green. That offensive line that they've been building through the draft, it took another blow. He does not look like he's going to work out as a pick. Maybe he will, but... Uh, it is yet another blow that he's going to miss another season uh, and not play good, uh, plenty good football this year. It's it just it doesn't seem good for Kenyon Green and that offensive line for Texas that you just need to keep building because C.J. Stroud is more of a stationary passer. You want to have him in a space where he feels comfortable in that pocket and is not having to move around. Uh, they've paid a lot of money to it. Uh, we know the Cowboys just re- uh, re-signed Terrence Steele. The offensive line, you're going to get your money if you're playing there. <laughs> Zach Martin finally got his. But Josh Jones listed at the left guard there. Uh, no major surprises anywhere else. Uh, Nico Collins and Robert Woods are the two starting wide receivers. Uh, and so nothing surprising on the Texans depth chart too much. Something of note, Mike Evans is still uh, holding, or not really holding up, but he wants to have, before week one, he wants to have his contract extended or a new agreement on the contract. He does not want to stay in Tampa Bay, and I get it. He's in a contract here. He's playing with a quarterback that I don't think he trusts in Baker Mayfield or whoever else is there. He doesn't feel this offense is going to be moving well enough, and he doesn't want everybody to write him off as a wide receiver that is done and lose millions of dollars because he had a bad quarterback, so he wants to move on. Uh, A name that has popped up a couple times because he is a Texas guy, played at Texas A&M, that the Texans, who are in need of a star wide receiver, could be interested in him. I don't think they're going to give up what uh, Tampa Bay would want, especially in the fact that they may would try and make a move for him in free agency if they wanted to bring him in there. Uh, but it is an interesting name that is Mike Evans a guy, if you're the Texans, that you feel you can bring in uh, for a reasonable price if he's demanding out of, out of uh, Tampa Bay. He doesn't want to be there. Is he somebody that you could bring in 
and give a little bit more help to C.J. Stroud, you know, move Nico Collins and Robert Woods over a spot so you do another one of them are getting number one uh, defensive backs and give yourself a little bit more options on that offense if you're trying not to tank because you trade away that first pick, that first-round pick. I, It is an interesting conversation if the if the, the price is not too much for Mike Evans. Uh, of course, the big news out of Kansas City, playing Thursday against Detroit. Can't wait for NFL to kick off this week. Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, hyperextend his knee in practice. He is, uh, they said they've done the MRI. He does not look like he has any damage to his ACL. Uh, there's just some swelling, so he is going to have to get basically reevaluated tomorrow to see where the swelling is. May miss week one, which for fantasy fans, fantasy football players, is going to be a massive blow if you took a tight end in week one and now you're going to have to hit the waiver wire already. Not something you wanted to do uh, if you're a fantasy football player. Also, who does who does he throw to? Who does Patrick Mahomes? Who do you pick up on fantasy football? Who's the what? Who do you pick up? Who Sky Moore? I mean, Kadarius Tony. We keep saying, but we don't know if he's going to be healthy. Who gets who gets the receptions? Is this a Pacheco game? Do you want to have Pacheco on your roster if this is the case? I don't know about that. So uh, interesting news there. Cooper Cup seeing a specialist for his hamstring. We will have more news on that tomorrow as well. And uh, interesting story from the Raiders. That team keeps going from worse to worse to worse. Chandler Jones wanted to check in a facility, starts going off on the team that he doesn't want to play there anymore, doesn't like the GM, doesn't like the coach. All of that coming out from Chandler Jones. It's all got deleted, but it was all in his Instagram stories. Uh, another person, Matt, I don't know how long this Josh McDaniels and experiment in, in Las Vegas is going to end. I want it to be good, man. I wanted Mark Davis to be able to pull this off. But boy, does it seem like he just keeps screwing it up. We got to get out of here, making way for the Rangers coming up right here, taking on the Houston Astros. We'll be back tomorrow, though, with more Sports Complex right here on the horn. Until then, be kind to each other, be safe, keep your underwear clean, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow on the Sports Complex on the horn.